Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning the White House lifts protections for transgender students, and a national oral history project is coming to Orlando. We'll have the details in one minute. Post election stress disorder? Apparently, that's a real thing. And we're going to talk about that this half hour on Good Morning Orlando. Good Thursday morning. It's 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. The White House is rolling back guidelines that allow transgender students to use the bathroom of their choice. The administration rescinded the Obama era guidelines, era rather guidelines, saying further legal consideration is needed. It also notes that withdrawing the rules, quote, does not leave students without protections from discrimination, bullying, or harassment, end quote. It adds that all schools have to ensure that all students, including LGBT students, have a safe learning environment. Earlier, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer said President Trump felt the issue would be better handled by the states. Yes, and we're going to talk about that big time in the 7 o'clock hour and take your calls. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, the White House is pushing back plans to release a revised executive order temporarily restricting refugees and travel from certain countries. The new executive order is now set to be unveiled next week. The Trump administration's travel ban stopped people from traveling to the U.S. from seven Muslim-majority countries, but it's since been blocked by a federal judge. The White House has been trying to write a new version of the executive order that would eliminate problems that led to it being suspended in the first place. President Trump faces bruising new poll numbers. A Quinnipiac University survey finds him in mostly negative territory. That includes a job approval rating of 38 percent, down four points from earlier this month. Among the few bright spots for Mr. Trump, most Americans approve of how he's handling the economy. Quinnipiac's Tim Malloy says the poll shows, quote, the Donald Trump administration is off to an absolutely terrible start, end quote. The first vote to get rid of Obamacare should go, should come next month, but an Illinois Republican congressman says repealing and replacing Obamacare will take some time. I know, Mike, you had said this was a subject you were going to be talking about a little bit yes. later on in the 6 o'clock hour, right? Uh, yeah, just um, what the issue is. There has been all these town halls going on across the country, yeah. and a lot of people are showing up mad at the Republicans. Um, they get pretty heated, and... Um, I think I know what the issue is, and we'll talk about that this hour as well. All right. Well, Congressman Darren LaHood yesterday said the U.S. Senate could take some time in voting to end the national health care law. LaHood also says there's a lot of work to do on crafting a replacement that actually lowers health insurance costs and doesn't leave people without coverage. In local news, a national oral history project is coming to Orlando to record the stories of the Pulse nightclub massacre. Producers with StoryCorps will spend five days in the city beautiful at the beginning of March, preserving the stories of both the massacre victims and also of Orlando residents who were changed by the tragedy. Forty-nine people were killed and dozens more injured during the June 12th massacre. It was the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. And finally, know someone in Indiana? Want to know someone in Indiana who bought a Powerball ticket? Uh, yes. We'll start making some phone calls. <laughs> Only one winning ticket for that massive $435 million jackpot. Seriously? Was sold in the Hoosier State. People in Indiana don't need that much money. <laughs> what do you have against Indiana? Nothing that I could have won in Florida. <laughs> 
aren't you already rewarded in Florida? Yes. <laughs> Just by saying you live in Florida. Yeah, that's great till July. <laughs> <laughs> Still Florida. <laughs> but anyway, if you uh, you know, want to write the lucky numbers down, they're 10, 13, 28, 52, 61 with the Powerball of two. The lump sum payout for Wednesday's big drawing is somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter billion dollars. Oh, just a quarter billion? Oh, well, never mind then. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can keep that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up so I can go weep uncontrollably in the newsroom. <laughs> it could have been me. Why? <laughs> but that's how I start off every day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well here's the ultimate question. Did yeah. anybody in this studio buy a ticket? I can't afford a buck. See, that's a lot matter. of money. <laughs> We're yeah, a bunch of losers true. anyway. Yeah, We're whining. <laughs> We're like those people that whine about the election but didn't vote. But exactly. Didn't vote. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> like Kanye West. Yeah. Let me tell you what. If I had voted, then sit down and shut up. Right. We do not want to hear it from you. WFLA News Time at 6.06. Hey, watch as gravity foils a magician's trick. Nothing like that tricky gravity getting oh, in the man. way. Yeah. You can see it online now at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with the only Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. The only Michael Yaffe. I meant to say the incomparable. Listen, it's six oh seven. I've been here since four oh five. You just, don't want to give me any big jobs. It just right made now. me wonder if there are any other Michael Yaffe's in the world. You know, I have always wanted to do a TV show called Doppelganger. Really? Which is German for you yeah. Know, like you're, okay, because just like you know that guest you had in here. Who looks exactly yeah. like George W. Bush? Yeah. Oh yeah, our buddy John Morgan. By the With way, the name John Morgan. If that doesn't blow your mind <laughs> enough, by the way, he is now doing the rounds with a Trump impression. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, and he has makeup and everything to make himself look like Trump. I need to get him on the show soon. Oh, you really do? I don't. But I, he looks exactly like George W. Bush. He, when he really does. does. I mean, he, really he looks does. more like his brother than his brother looks like his brother. <laughs> right. But I've always thought that that would be, especially now with the Internet, you can hook up faces and find out how similar or dissimilar people's lives are, even if they look like they could be identical twins. Interesting. See, well, so I was actually I was actually just wondering if there was anyone literally named Michael Yaffe. <laughs> Out in Let's the... just start with that. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm pretty sure there is, too. There's yeah. got to be. Because I'm thinking about, like, uh, when we were planning for the wedding, we did a search, and there was a couple in Germany, Stefan and Carissa, who got married a couple years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, how's their marriage going? I don't know. I have to check up on them. <laughs> they have should. a house on Airbnb. We're thinking about going out there and staying. <laughs> that's, that's okay, funny. good. You're still married. You're still in love. You haven't killed each other yet. Good. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's good Just for the check awesome. that out. All right. All right. Speaking of future stress right, or stress now, Bye-bye. apparently post-election stress disorder is a real thing. Or is it a real thing? We'll talk about that. In Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, this is Good Morning Orlando. This is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Make sure to send me a friend request on Facebook. Search for Michael Yaffe, maybe the only Michael Yaffe, who knows, and send me a friend request and I will accept it. I'm joined by Paul producing, and Bryce is screening your calls at 407 916 
5,400. So anybody out there, does anyone out there have post-election stress disorder? Are you getting a lot more anxious these days? I do, but not for the reasons that are in this story. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So Paul here, he might have a little bit of post-election stress disorder. Okay, yeah, Bryce. It's pretty stressful. Bryce, you're really stressed out now. You had to go to the doctor because of the election? Well, no, not that bad. No, but it, no? It's, my friendships are getting a little more stressed out. Now, why Why is that? I'm curious. Just because a lot of Trump haters and- It's a lot of- Debating. Know, everything's different. You know, it's like you talk about economy and then you can talk about the environment. So it's constantly just- People got a different opinions. <laughs> yes, and then you have to see it every day on social media. Yep. Yeah, I've I've had a little stress, but it's not necessarily because of Trump. It's just because um a lot of fans of the show are friends with me on Facebook now, and there are those out there that have to uh, tear down everything I say, and it takes a little bit getting used to. I'm not as used to that, but but it's okay. It's also a lot of fun. You just have to laugh about it sometimes. So they're like our texters. <laughs> yes, yes, we have some text, and you can be one of those people if you would like. You can text to two three six eight zero. But I found this, I found this story on uh, CNN talking about post-election stress disorder, and um, they talk about how someone like it gives an example here from San Mateo, who is a California resident and political moderate who has supported both Democrat and Republican candidates in the past. He says, I feel angry, really, really angry, far more angry than I expected to be. He tried to quell his anxiety at first. First, he shut down his Facebook page to limit his exposure to the daily soaking of the news from Washington, but not knowing the goings-on made him more anxious. He found himself sneaking onto the Facebook account he made for his dog. (laughs) Wow. I know. Wow. He said, oh, "Really?" He said he felt like what? he was cheating. Who was he sneaking from? The dog? I don't know. He just does. <laughs> no, he doesn't want other people to know it's him. They just think it's the dog. I guess they think the dog's on <laughs> Facebook. Exactly. And I wonder if the dog's oh, commenting that's not on stuff. Bill, that's the dog. But apparently, mental health <laughs> mental health professionals around the country um, are saying that this is happening. That more people are coming into hospitals and doctors talking about anxiety related to the election. Now, is this actually a real thing, or is it something else, or is it just that people are angry more than stressed, or is it just that we just politics is dividing us everywhere? It's more than just Trump. It's just politics in general. We're all completely divided in every aspect of our life now because of politics. Now, I have audio here real quick from uh, Florida Representative Brian Mast, who's of the 18th District of Florida. He is a former veteran. He actually lost both of his legs. And um, he had some interesting comments about this and gives a little bit of perspective to those who are just so stressed about the election. This is what he said. Well, I think, you know, number one, there was a big missed opportunity in in naming it post-election stress disorder. I would have preferred them name it post-inauguration stress disorder. That way they could have called it pissed. And uh, there's a big difference between being pissed off about things and what happens on the battlefield. And I, and I mean that. You know, I have empathy for maybe the stress that is, that's in people's lives as a result of this election. But that doesn't mean that there's any real comparison to service members that have been targeted by snipers, that have been blown up, that have had to take the lives of, of their enemies, that have had their uniforms stained by the blood of their friends or have had to bury friends year after year after sure. year, have been on deployments year after year. There's not a comparison between the two. 
So I played that audio to kind of give us a little bit of perspective for those who are just so stressed over the election. Call, let's, let's all relax a little bit, take a breather. <sighs> Calm down and understand that it's just the election of the president. Your life probably will go on and for the most part will not be totally turned upside down. You'll still get to go to your Starbucks, you know, before to go to work and you'll still be able to pet your dog and talk to him on uh, Facebook, I guess, is what we're doing now. <laughs> it's it's so interesting to me that the people who thought, you know, we had people who thought the world was going to end the minute Obama was elected. And all the liberals were like, oh, it's going to be okay. The world, look at that. The world's still here. And now all the liberals thought the world was going to end as soon as yeah. Trump was elected. It's like, calm down. The world's still here. It's going to be okay. I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved and worried about certain things, but post-election stress disorder uh, yeah, and actually we had a text who said, like many of us did when Obama was elected, kind of goes to your point. All right, and speaking of stress, people are getting stressed out at these town halls with congressmen about Obamacare. We'll talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So there have been uh, town halls across the country with Republicans. An example here that happened this week was Representative David Bratt, who was a Republican of Virginia. He had a town hall, which he got heckled, booed, and yelled at during a contention, you know, in his district. Uh, The loudest jeers related to the GOP's promise to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Many of the 150 attendees carried red cards to signal their discontent. Um, I don't know what the red cards means. Do you you guys know what that means? Why they would carry red cards? I guess it's a soccer thing. I don't know. Oh, that's why we have no idea. It's soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, people know I'm not a big fan. Um, A registered nurse who lives outside Bratz District held up a sheet of paper that said why for the duration of the hour-long event. um, He said the problem is Obamacare has just collapsed, and in many areas it has collapsed. It's been called the death spiral, which is actually a noted fact. But she says, no, it has not. No, it is not. Now, when you look at the polls on Obamacare, the country is pretty split. And I remember when they were trying to pass Obamacare, there was a lot of contentious town halls on the other side. That's right. Where it just shows how divided we are over, you know, everything. And you know what? I would caution everybody who's calling this astroturf and it's fake and they're paid and all that kind of stuff because that's the exact same thing the Democrats said when it was the Tea Party. Well, that's people. what it, yeah, that's what everybody says now. And that's probably what's going to happen next is now you're going to have all the Tea Party people in response to this show up to town halls and then I don't know, civil war is going to start. It sure seems like that sometimes. Uh, it's just crazy. But um, but when you look at the polls, the country's pretty split. Obamacare is not this very popular thing. I, I still talk to people all the time who want it to be repealed and replaced. But this is the real issue here. I think the real issue here is it has not been replaced yet. The Republicans are still campaigning rather than actually getting something done to lower health care costs. Because I think a lot of people will like it if health care costs go down, because health care costs are not going down. They keep going up and up and up. And I think someone who said this pretty well was Charles Krauthammer. He was on Special Report last night, and I happened to catch the audio of this. And um, he said something similar. This is what he said, Charles Krauthammer. Look, I think all of this, as A.B. implies, is a, is a product of the fact that the Republicans have been campaigning against Obamacare for seven years, and now to continue to campaign against it, like we just heard from the vice president, 
is futile. That battle was won. They won it in the election. The reason that there are people out there, yes, I'm sure there's some astroturf, who are anxious is precisely why they were anxious eight years ago. They're worried about what's coming, and the Republicans have no answer. This is a casualty of the delay. As long as the Republicans talk about repeal, without having a replacement, people are going to imagine they're going to lose their health care or they're going to lose their doctor. Republicans have to have an answer, and the bleeding will continue until they put something on the table. So what he says right there is that the real casualty is not that they want to repeal and replace it, but that they are delaying the repeal and the replacement. And so people don't exactly know what's coming. I think that's an excellent point. There are already good repeal and replacement plans out there. We just actually have to adopt them. And as I I said in yesterday's show, unfortunately, this has a lot to do with lack of leadership. Leadership at the top of Congress and unfortunately with the president of the United States as well. It's never been a huge issue with him. Really, it was never one of his top priorities. He had said he wants to repeal and replace it. But this needs to be put on the front burner. It needs to be done very quickly. It should have been one of the first things accomplished by this new administration. That That's my opinion. All right, we're coming to the bottom of the hour. That means Deborah Roberts is going to update us on the latest news. And then we have the Bloomberg Business Report. It is 628 on Good Morning Orlando. Now joining us from the WFLA News Center is the one and only Deborah Roberts <laughs> to tell us uh, the latest news. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, the one and only Mike Yaffe. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Transgender rights advocates are promising a fight after the Trump administration rolled back public school bathroom requirements for transgender students. Conservatives, on the other hand, are praising the move. They say it corrects a legal overreach by the Obama administration on a matter that should be left for states to decide. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Health Quality Subcommittee in the Florida House of Representatives approves a bill creating a new right to sue abortion doctors for emotional damage. The sponsor says she's doing it to help women who are suffering in silence, but psychologist Rachel Russell told the committee that's not a real thing. This bill is predicated on the myth that having an abortion will result in pathological regret or this emotional distress. My clinical experience does not support this, and more importantly, the research does not support this. Opponents say it's a backdoor effort to limit abortion rights by targeting doctors, but the bill has now been approved by two House committees, one more, and it'll be ready for a floor vote. A recent study looks at whether a man's body mass index, or BMI, has any connection to his risk of developing prostate cancer. Dr. David Levy with the Cleveland Clinic says previous research has shown that weight does play a role in prostate cancer development. For the last couple decades, one of the prevailing Uh, correlations has been weight. And and it seems that over a number of different studies that have been done, higher weight correlates with more aggressive prostate cancer. Researchers found that fatal prostate cancer risk was increased in men who had a normal BMI or who were overweight at age 20 and then later became obese. That's compared to men who maintained a normal BMI. Dr. Levy says it's difficult to point to any one specific factor for prostate cancer risk. He says exercise, diet, and supplements all play a role as well. Government doctors are testing a vaccine that would protect against any disease carried by a mosquito. The National Institute for Allergy 
allergy and infectious diseases, says the new vaccine in the works targets mosquito saliva and would help the body prevent mosquito-borne infections from starting. The director of the institute says mosquitoes cause more human disease and death than any other animal and that a single vaccine for all mosquito-borne diseases would be monumental. In sports, guard Terrence Mann will make his magic debut tonight. Mann was picked up in the trade that sent Serge Ibaka to Toronto. The magic resumed the season tonight against Portland. WFLA News Time, 635. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now. Thank you, Deb. It's now time to get uh, find out what's going on in the business world with uh, Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Business Newsroom. How are you doing, Gina? Hi, Michael. Good morning. I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. It's Alrighty. still it's still in like the 60s and 70s down here. I how cold is it up there? I always, I'm always curious. Well, right now I have 42 degrees. Okay, that's actually a so, little warmer uh, than I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had some. Pretty cold mornings, but uh, I think we're going to warm up a little bit here in the weekend. Okay, that's good. So what about uh, the futures? Is that warming up a little bit? (laughs) Not a whole lot this morning. They're trying hard, though. We have the Dow futures up about nine points, and the NASDAQ futures up one. The S&P futures are up one, so we'll call those little change this morning. We do have crude up a little bit here. It's up 1.4%. At $54.36 a barrel, ahead of some government data on stockpile activity. All right, and speaking of data, you have some ec- a couple economic reports that are coming out today. That's right. We'll uh, we'll be watching for a number of reports after we had a mixed close on Wall Street yesterday. We actually had the Dow reaching another new record high with help from DuPont, but we had the S&P and the Nasdaq slipping just a little bit. So today we're going to be watching for weekly reports on jobless claims and consumer comfort. And we have some earnings ahead today again, Kohl's and Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. Now, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise is the company that split from HP more than a year ago. And by the way, HP is higher this morning after sales beat estimates on firmer demand for computers and printers. And today we also have President Trump meeting with corporate CEOs to talk about job creation and his plans to craft new tax and trade policies. All right. And uh, Tesla is higher after its earnings an update on affordable electric car, the affordable electric car, huh? Yeah, that's the Model 3, and Tesla has a lot riding on that vehicle that it's currently working on. The shares are higher in pre-market trading after CEO Elon Musk said he still plans to deliver that mass-market $35,000 Model 3 electric sedan in July. The reassurances should relieve concern over whether Tesla can overcome a long history of product delays. But Tesla did report another loss in last year's fourth quarter. Musk said the company will be cutting it close, bringing this vehicle to the market without seeking to raise more capital. Yeah, and you answered one of the questions I had. What exactly is affordable? 35000 for an electric car is pretty good, I have to admit. Yeah, it's pretty good. And also comparing it to the prices for the other Teslas, which can run higher right. than $100,000 a piece. So. All right. And Amazon's IMDB wins around in an effort to continue publishing actors' ages. What is that? What's that all about? Yeah, that's right. Amazon's IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, won't have to delete the birth dates of actors and actresses from its website after a federal judge in San Francisco 
blocked enforcement of a California law meant to curtail age discrimination in Hollywood. The judge granted the website's request for a preliminary injunction, saying that it was tough to imagine how the law does not violate free speech protections. But a lawyer for the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists says this is an early skirmish in what would be a long fight to make sure that entertainment industry workers are granted the same minimum employment protections as all other workers. All right, Gina, thank you so much. It's always good to talk to you. And, of course, we will talk to you again tomorrow. All right. Talk to you later. Have a great day. So Donald Trump is actually uh, fulfilling one of his campaign promises. He repealed some regulations for the coal industry that coal miners and coal businesses have really been against because they say it's another thing that is just hurting their business. We're going to talk about that and we'll have a Wayne's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, at BeyondReasonR. That is the Twitter handle, at BeyondReason and the letter R. It's because I do my own show, Beyond Reason Radio, which you can go to BeyondReasonRadio.com or go to 1025WFLA.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab and then click on Beyond Reason blog. It has all my podcasts plus blog posts that I put up. I put one up yesterday talking about Milo Yiannopoulos. You want to read that and check it out. So President Trump Thursday uh, signed legislation ending a key Obama administration coal mining rule. The bill quashes the Office of Surface Mining Stream Protection Rule, a regulation to protect waterways from coal mining waste that officials finalized in December. The legislation is the second Trump has signed into law ending an Obama-era environmental regulation On Tuesday, he signed a Congressional Review Act resolution undoing a financial disclosure requirement for energy companies. So he did this last week, and now there's a lot of controversy out there that, and people are tagging me on Facebook and can't believe Trump did this and showing this to me. I will say one thing. This is actually very smart politics because when he... When he signed this, he had coal mine, you know, he had a coal miner there, he had coal miners there. And what he is doing is he's fulfilling an election promise to those usually blue states who voted for him. And that was a big reason why a lot of people in those states voted for him because the coal mining industry has been hurt quite a bit. They did not like Obama and Hillary Clinton because especially Obama made it known that he was not a friend. I mean, he made it well known that he was not a friend of the coal industry. Now, when people say this, they're like, oh, you're polluting the streams. I think what people kind of imagine is that you have like big barrels or something and it has like a skull and crossbones on it and that the coal evil coal miners are dumping it into streams and there's like some kind of green goop that flows into the streams or something. I feel like that's what people are probably picturing when they see this, like in a cartoon or something. Wait, that's not how it is? It's not a big <laughs> no, tube with no, green goop no. feeding into the <laughs> stream that, that, no, no, that my children drink from every day? <laughs> no, and it's not like two-headed fish out there or something. And Captain... <laughs> Planets not coming in to save the day or anything like that. No, it's something that's actually been going on for a long time. And here's the thing about a lot of this. I see people that are upset by this, but they're never willing themselves to like give up the things that we have, you know, in civilization, in society. I mean, when you when that house was built that you live in right now and that internet, you know, 
that computer you use to post on Facebook was built. You think none of that has an effect on the environment? And here's the other thing that I found very interesting about this. One of the things that's really hurting the coal industry is uh, fracking. A lot of people, a lot of companies are deciding to use natural gas. Well, a lot of the new national uh, natural gas reserves is being done by fracking. Well, they're, they're actually finding out that by fracking and using natural gas, they're using a lot less carbon dioxide emissions. There's a lot less greenhouse gases coming out from natural gas. It's not as pollutant as, say, coal. So the left... First, they try to destroy the, coal, destroy the coal industry, saying, well, that's killing the planet and our streams, and apparently it's an epidemic and we're all dying from the drinking water. So then, okay, all these companies go to fracking, and that actually is better for the planet, according to them. But now we have a lot of people on the left who don't want to frack now. Well, yeah, you know, they started setting tap water on fire Well, actually, Well, <laughs> actually, that video was debunked. A lot of those tap water... That was actually happening before they were fracking. So it was actually already in the reserves. And there's a whole, there's actually a whole documentary on that. I want to know but, who the first person was that was like, let me put a flame to my tap water, see what happens. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. That's a good question. But so they, they switched to fracking. Now we can't do fracking. They want to ban fracking. So what's going to be next? I feel like no matter what we do, they're going to find something wrong with it. So we switch to solar panels, and that will cause some kind of environmental disaster in that area because trees have to be cut down solar panels have to be built it takes a lot of land mass area to do that it affects birds flying over it and all this stuff then windmills does the same thing it kills tons of birds has to be built takes over a lot of land mass so what what are we going to do should we just go back and living in the forest in um, tents without any electricity without any civilization i have a feeling none of these environmentalists are actually going to do that See, I think sometimes we have to be realistic. For one, the America is already the best at cleaning up its messes. That is done because we're a rich country. The richer we get, the more prosperous we get. Naturally, we're going to want to clean up our messes because that's what happens in a prosperous country. And what helps our prosperity? Well, drilling for coal, mining for coal, drilling for oil, our energy. That helps our prosperity. In fact, it's probably the biggest contributor to our prosperity in the Industrial Revolution up until now. So I think we need just a little bit perspective on this stuff. And I, I just don't think it's there. I don't think people are actually thinking, when they complain about stuff like this, I don't think they're actually thinking that everything we do in civilization has some kind of effect on the environment. It's going to. And none of you are just going to leave civilization. I don't think that's happening. But go back to the politics of it. It's actually really smart politics because uh, Trump, he, he promised he was going to do this. And he won a lot of those blue states because of promises like this. And this is just going to make them like him more. I'm, I'm just saying it's smart politics. All right, we have Sound Judgment coming up next, the Sound Judgment game. You can call 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. It is 649 here on Good Morning Orlando. And it is that time of the show where you have a chance to win a really get great prize. 
If you have sound judgment, you can call 407-916-5400. We have a bunch of open lines left for you to call and have a chance to win a great prize. And Bryce, who is call screening for us today, will tell us what that prize is. That's right. You could win a digital HD copy of Allied. It's new today on Digital HD. Brad Pitt and Academy Award winning Marion Cotillard star in the intense action thriller Allied. From a director of Flight and Castaway, by the movie critics are calling gripping, powerful, and epic two weeks before Blu-ray. Allied on Digital HD Now. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. Have you, any of you guys seen that movie? You seen that movie yet? No. I am working on it, but I don't have a Fandango account. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to see it. It didn't do like really well at the box office, but it actually looked pretty good. All right, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400 if you want to win the Sound Judgment Prize. And uh, Mr. Paul, what uh, can you play the audio for us? It is President's Day week. Monday was President's Day. So I have audio here of a president... And let's see if you can use your sound judgment to tell me which president is speaking. Here it is. I believe that the majority of the plain people of the United States will day in and day out make fewer mistakes in governing themselves than any smaller class or body of men, no matter what their training, will make in trying to govern them. All right, 407-916-5400. If you can tell me what president that is, I can tell you it's actually... um, uh, from early in this century, I think we're having problems with the phone lines or something because we just had a bunch of people drop off. So, I don't know, unless unless they just can't get it. They just want us to watch Allied instead. Now we get to see it because now we get extra to see copy, it. yeah. Now we get to see Allied? That's right. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so, so we get to do it. 407-916-5400. Um, let's, let's take a call here. Let's see if someone can get it. Line one. Line one, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, what president was that speaking? Was that Calvin Coolidge? No, no, it was not Calvin Coolidge, but you're actually extremely close, very close. Let's go to line two, line two. Line two, you there? Hello? Line two. He's listening to his radio. I know. What president was that speaking? Okay, we're just going to run out of time, I guess. We're just going to run out of time. Play the audio one more <laughs> Play the audio one more time, Paul. I believe that the majority of the plain people of the United States will day in and day out make fewer mistakes in governing themselves than any smaller class or body of men, no matter what their training, will make in trying to govern them. All right, let's take a call here. Line one, which president was that? Would that be Woodrow Wilson? No, you're, you're all very close. No. Very, very, very close, but not right. Line two, line two, which president was that? FDR. No, I'm sorry. You're actually as close as you can possibly get without getting right. It's not that. You got the R right. (laughs) Yes, you got the R right. It's not that, Roosevelt. Let's go to line two. Line two, who is that? It's uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, you're right. Yes, thank you. All right. Oh, look at that. Now the lines want to light up. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, so uh, did you just take a guess or did you know? No, I had actually, I heard his voice in one of my history classes back in college. And as, like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, crap, that's who it is. Whoa, <laughs> somebody remembered something from college. That's awesome. Yeah, good job. Good job. 
It's not quite the voice you might expect from him. Very high-pitched. Of course, that yeah, part that's of that's the, the audio that's quality. That's exactly the words my teacher used, too. <laughs> Interesting. All right, what's your name? Where are you calling from today? My name is Chad, and I'm from Eustis. All right, Chad, I'll put you on hold, and you'll get a chance to uh, get that great prize, and congratulations. All right, I'm glad we were able to get rid get away that prize. Yeah, me too. It was looking bleak there for a second. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of unusual. All right, we have Deborah Roberts who's going to come in and join us in the studio at the top of the hour. It is 6.59 and good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning, the White House lifts protections for transgender students and longer terms for alien offenders in Florida. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And we're going to talk about that this half hour and take your calls. Are you glad that he got rid of that rule? Talk about that this half hour. Good morning, Orlando. Good Thursday morning at 7.02 on News Radio 102.5. Transgender students no longer have federal protections allowing them to use school bathrooms and locker rooms matching their gender identities. The Trump administration has come down on the side of states' rights lifting Obama-era guidelines. Transgender advocates are promising a fight. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, and we'll talk about that this half hour. Take your phone calls. Um, uh, The federal protections under Obama actually did not have any force of law into them. It was almost more of a guideline. But uh, Trump rescinded the rules, and of course they're split over this. So uh, we'll see what you guys think uh, this half hour. All right. Well, another big story, of course, that's uh, going around, of course, is the immigration situation. Yes. And in Tallahassee, students at Florida State University vote in a referendum to declare their school a sanctuary campus for illegal immigrants. And that includes a call to stop cooperating with the feds. We want the FSU administration to guarantee that no FSU agencies will release the immigration status of students to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, or allow ICE to come on campus. That's a student reading part of the referendum proposed by the FSU Chapter of Students for a Democratic Society that passed with 66% of the vote. It also calls for FSU administrators to guarantee scholarships and in-state tuition for students who are in the country illegally. Of course, the vote isn't binding on school administration. In the meantime, a budget subcommittee in the Florida Senate approves a bill to increase penalties for illegal immigrants who commit serious crimes. Senator Jeff Clemens says it's unconstitutional. We continually, over the past six years that I've been in the legislature, have passed unconstitutional bills only to cost the state of Florida a lot of money in legal fees in order to make what I believe to be overly political uh, statements. But other than legal fees, Senator Dennis Baxley of Ocala says there's no harm in trying. I don't know if this is the answer, but we have to do something to indicate we're going to take responsibility for the citizens of the state of Florida. And we're going to raise the bar and say, we are going to enforce the law in Florida. It was close, but the bill sneaked through the subcommittee on a vote of three to two. So he's saying it's unconstitutional to have stricter penalties for illegal immigrants? No, basically, if they would get busted for a crime, you would charge them with two crimes, one for already being in the country illegally and then for the crime that they committed. So they would get a longer prison sentence for the same crime. Why don't we just deport them? If they're illegal, that seems like the easier solution. 
All I do is bring you the news, set <laughs> okay. up your next talk topic. Gotcha. And I understand. Go do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. Why? And, and, and there and again, I can't imagine it standing constitutional muster. Which? It, it kind of falls within double jeopardy, but I don't understand the law enough to be able to say it with any kind of definitive authority. Okay. All right. I mean, to me, it would just be like if he's illegal and he committed a crime, just talk with ICE and have him deported. I, that, that to me would be the solution, but that's just me. Well, maybe you should run for president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm too young. I'm too young. That's the only thing stopping me. That we've got time to campaign. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me hurry up. I'll be out of your way. We can do Okay. A new poll <clears throat> finds that most Americans... It's going to be very difficult for you to believe. Trust the media to tell the truth, while little more than a third trust President Trump. Well, that goes kind of against some earlier polls that they were that they were out there. But go ahead. Well, as we all learned with the presidential election, it's <laughs> it's just filler. The polls have been kind of the <laughs> polls have been kind of all over the place. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. The Quinnipiac University poll asked people if the media or the president tells the truth about important issues. The poll found that 52% of people surveyed say they trust the media, while only 37% said they trust Trump. The biggest problem, and something that Paul and I have talked about a lot, we need to start defining the media. Yeah, because there's a difference between media and press. Well, not only that, but even in press, who are you? The media is so diverse now. There's so many different outlets on so many different angles. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just say it's one big monolith now. So when people say the media, it's just we we like to clump it all in one thing. But don't say we unless you've got a frog in your pocket. <laughs> I, well, don't. I mean, I'm I don't, sure and I find know. that very insulting when people say the media, especially when they're sitting behind the microphone oh my God, of one of the radio stations <laughs> of one of the largest radio station operators in the country talking about mainstream media like as if we're not part yeah, that of mainstream me media. Drives well, me and nuts. I've had somebody else ask me last week, well, you know, with all of these attacks on the media, is it making you, you know, check your facts a little bit more? But no, it hasn't. It didn't change it before. It's not changing it now and it won't change it in the future because it's not about that. All right. Good. I got I got her. I got her fired yeah, up. She's yes. a, little fire, she's a little toasty. Yes. I hate I, these I, constant I attacks her, on the media. I agree with her. Well, it hasn't almost, changed what I do for during the day. I agree with her almost 100%. I think one of the problems is that because of the society that we're living in now, the Twitter-based society, you know, there was a time where media was able to make mistakes based on their sources and retract a story and so on and so forth. But because of the society that we're living in now, you your retraction means nothing anymore. Well, and not- so we're trying to hold the president to the same standard as the media, and it doesn't kind of work that way. And again, it comes down to who is the media. Well, that's the point. I'm, yeah. I, I think there are biased media outlets out there. But Without when you put it a doubt, you know, there are definitely biased media outlets out there. And there's no doubt that we our station is not the same as, say, um, MSNBC or something. We're, we're totally different. But when we say the media, I just think we need to define that. And if we believe certain outlets are biased, we need to define what outlets. And bias doesn't mean fake, though. Bias doesn't mean untrue. It just means bias. All right. Good. We, we could talk about this yeah, later. We but... could talk about it forever. <laughs> no, we need to talk about it right now. <laughs>
because what we need then to do... Then I get in trouble by the boss because the clock Well, then he late. can call me. Yeah, that, that's re- <laughs> no, but representative I... of the mainstream media. Yeah, you got to stay on time. But you know what? <laughs> Maybe the answer is we need to become more discerning consumers of the media. Now that is definitely How about we the put answer. the responsibility back on our own individual shoulders where you take everything you read and you hear with a grain of salt unless you've seen it uh, verified with several different sources. You don't just take it off first glance and you don't just take it because Morning Joe said it on MSNBC or this person said it on Fox News or this person said it on CNN. Think for yourself and be a more discerning consumer. Think for yourself. Don't yeah, what blame world it on me. You live in. <laughs> don't Nobody does that anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, it's maybe it's time to start. All right. That was a. That if was I had a, oh, I'm not done. If then. I had a cricket sound effect, I would play it right now. <laughs> you should. You should. But I, you know, all right. WFLA news time. We're really, really late. It's seven ten. Look at Mike. He's like, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> we'll we'll take the heat for you. Uh-huh. She'll take know, the heat. Uh-huh. I'll take the heat. Absolutely, I'll take the heat. <laughs> Go to our website where you can read about, especially if, as a new parent, if you've ever used this. Uh, there's a story there about 370 babies and toddlers getting sick after using teething tablets. If that's something you're considering mm-hmm. using for your children, get the story right now. At 1025WFLA.com, the second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Don't try to make it all better now, Deb. All right, we're going to talk about the transgender bathroom rule that has been rescinded by the Trump administration and more. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025WFLA. And by the way, on the whole media thing, I did a whole podcast on that, which you can go to beyondreasonradio.com, the latest podcast, Why the Right Hates the Media, and I outlined the double standard that seems to be in a lot of media outlets out there. What I was saying is that we need to define it because the media is so diverse now that we need to to find which ones are left and which ones are right, and that's happening more often. But I think there has been a double standard and a bias in a lot of these news outlets, especially when you compare it from Obama to Trump. And because of that, and because those news outlets don't admit their bias, which is another big issue, that is why a lot of people get upset at the media. All right, but right now I wanted to talk about the transgender bathroom rule being rescinded i have a report here from fox news that outlines exactly what that was all about paul if you could play that audio cut for me an obama administration guideline telling public schools to allow transgender students to use the bathroom and locker room of their chosen gender identity will be revoked by the trump administration president as i said yesterday as a firm believer in states rights Press Secretary Sean Spicer says the last administration's guidelines raised procedural and legal concerns. The Obama administration said those guidelines, which did not carry any force of law, were necessary to prevent discrimination. Critics at the time called it federal overreach. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. So, I mean, in terms of the the letter that he put out to as a directive to schools, it had legal problems. It actually didn't have any force of law. And I was also reading last night that Betsy DeVos, who the left hates, actually did not want Trump to do this, which is very interesting. She's the head of the Department of Education. Here's my thing on this. I don't know how we got to a place in this country 
where we can't say boys go in boys' bathrooms and girls go in girls' bathrooms, I feel like we're in a lot of trouble as a country if we cannot agree that a boy goes in a boy's bathroom and a girl goes in the girl's bathroom. And if a boy has boy parts, he's a boy. That's the part right there. And if a girl has girl parts, she's a girl. That's the part we can't agree to. And that if you have the chromosomes that fit that gender or that sex, that's what you are. And if you think you're something else, I'm sorry, that's not the truth. How did we get to that point in this society? It's like an article I read where they were talking about sex changes. And they were saying no matter what operation you have, you cannot have a sex change. Because your X and Y chromosomes do not change. You cannot have a sex change. Exactly. And the worst part about this now is it's happening with little kids. You're talking about sex changes now and transgender, and they don't even understand what gender really is. And they're being told, oh, well, I feel like a boy. Okay, you're a boy. Go in the boys' bathroom. You can be a part of Boy Scouts. And a lot of these people, a lot of kids that have this problem, they grow out of it later in life. This is just. This is one of the most misunderstood topics out there, and it's all based on political correctness, and you, and you even commented on it. You're called a bigot and discrimination. What do you think about Trump rescinding this order? I think he's right about one thing. It should be left up to the states, and this is just something. It should be left up to the school, and you should use you know, common sense in these issues. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We'll take your calls and texts and have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Make sure to send me a friend request on Facebook. Just search Michael Yaffe on Facebook and send me a friend request, and I will accept it. In terms of this whole uh, transgender bathroom order, he says uh, Trump says it will not get rid of protections for from discrimination and so forth but basically obama's order was dick trying from the top to dictate to schools what their policy would be even though that should be left up to the states and maybe the individual schools and their administrations but in terms of the whole transgender bathroom issue to begin with there probably have been transgenders and there's such a small part of the population anyways that have used different bathrooms and maybe nobody has noticed But that makes you wonder then why they want to make this such an issue where there needs to be protections in laws. It makes you wonder why. And I think it's being pushed for many different reasons. One, to to make everybody accept transgenderism, I think, is one of the biggest things. And Leon actually has another point on this. Leon in Orlando, uh, what's your take on this? Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, my thing is is that this is a dark horse with this whole election. Um, when you have the, this LGBT community that's been so horrible against Christians in our right, that it, it things like this is why Trump got in office. And uh, one more thing with the media, when you have a media that's 90% liberal and 10% conservative, there's really only two places, Fox News and Talk Radio, that you can get a fair slate that's going to be across the board. That's why the media gets painted with a broad brush. So I just wanted to make those two points. All right. All right, Leon. Thank you for your call. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are more liberal outlets, but not as much as there used to be because there are definitely a lot of online publications out there. And there are some newspapers that are conservative. You have the Wall Street Journal that kind of leans conservative. 
But I mean, when we're talking about bias in the media, we're talking about New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, and um, they have a lot of influence. So there's no doubt about that. And on radio, there's NPR. It's also liberal as well. All right. Uh, let's take another call on the transgender thing. And I think actually Leon makes a good point. I think part of it is kind of an attack on Christianity. I think part of it is they don't want, in terms of the transgender thing, they want Christians to just accept it. They want to push it in our culture so much that even Christians just have to accept it's okay. And I think that happens a lot with homosexual issues as well, that it's kind of like trying to uh, get rid of a lot of Christian beliefs in this country by individuals who are Christians. I, I actually believe that. Let's take another call here. Let's go to Mike in Claremont. Mike, what's your take on this? Good morning. Hey, you know what? Coexistence does not imply acquiescence. Okay. What's your... Uh, You know, this previous administration had no regard for the Constitution. I view the Constitution as a restraining order on the federal government. Okay. And the, the Bill of Rights are 10 limiting articles, none of which limit you and me. And the uh, the 10th Amendment says, hey, if we've forgotten anything in the first nine, you can't do that either. Yeah, and it goes to the states and the local governments and the people. Exactly. And that kind of, yeah, I was going to say. They didn't have bathrooms when when the Constitution was ratified, so that's why they have the 10th Amendment. And, of course, the previous administration had no regard whatsoever for the Constitution. Right. Well, and then that actually goes to the whole issue, and I appreciate your call, that do we even really need a Department of Education? That's a whole other issue. It's really not in the Constitution. But you're right. If it's not in the Constitution, it should be left up to the states and the local governments. But, I mean, come on. We know Democrats love centralized government. They love the federal government dictating things. That's what they think is best. All right. I got some text coming in as well. One person texted and said, Trump is right. Leave it up to the states. This is such a non-issue. Another person said... um, Boys used boys' bathrooms. Girls use girls' bathrooms. You know, seems pretty simple to me. I don't I don't know, but apparently it's very complicated now. So there you go. Deborah Roberts is going to update us on the latest news at the bottom of the hour. By the way, in the next half hour, I want to get into another issue dealing with gender. We have one issue dealing with how there's transgenderism and how you can switch genders. But then there's like a whole nother side that's just trying to get rid of genders and treating us like we're just the same, that men and women are the same. So it's kind of like a whole nother weird side to this as well. We'll talk about that in the next half hour. It is 730 on Good Morning Orlando. Deborah Roberts. Deborah Uh Roberts is in the studio. (laughs) I didn't say your middle name. I don't even know what your middle name is. So you're not in trouble. Okay, good. I was just about to tell you my middle name and then I thought, no. 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 All right. No, hang on to that. <laughs> no, I'm just happy you're here because you're going to tell us what's going on in the world of news. Yeah, well, it's a pretty big story today, and it's one that conservatives are praising the Trump administration's rollback of public school bathroom requirements for transgender students. They say the move corrects a legal overreach by the Obama administration that's best left for states to decide. Transgender rights advocates, meanwhile, are vowing to overcome a major setback. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, I was just going to say, I found a story yesterday that was interesting. Betsy DeVos actually did not like Trump's decision on this matter. No, in fact, it almost cost her the cabinet position. Yeah, which is, I'm, a part of me is actually kind of surprised that Trump did this too, because Trump has been kind of on the other side of the transgender thing. He talked about he doesn't care which 
um, bathroom they use in his hotels in the past and stuff. So I, I was actually a little surprised that he did this. I'm, I support his decision to do this, but it was interesting that the person that the Democrats really hated, Betsy DeVos, is actually on their side on this issue. So I, I don't know, just found that ironic. No, I did too. As yeah. soon as I saw the report this morning, I was like, no way, really? Betsy DeVos? Yeah. So I wonder if they'll all love her now. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, not a lot of love going around in the in world politics. of politics. Yeah, this yeah, is true. Definitely not. Uh, but from politics to pizza, what's your favorite pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni. Pepperoni? Well, I usually get Supreme now, though, so I get a bunch of different okay, stuff. Okay, so you, yeah, that's, there you go. You do the Mac Daddy. Yes, of course. Paul, we know that now that you're a vegetarian, it's probably some vegetable. Super veggie pizza. Super veggie I pizza. I am coming back, though, by the way. What do you mean? I'm coming back to the world of meat. Why? Slowly, but I'm coming back. Why? Because I like it. Well, no duh. But, <laughs> all right. One of the main reasons, though, is because we're going to be taking a lot of trips in the near future, specific, specifically right after September, and there's going to be a lot of new and interesting and exotic foods available, and I don't want to not eat. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, that's. is there anything you guys would flip out over if it were on your pizza? Hmm. Fish. Yeah. 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 I'm not, not a big fan it. of that. Yeah, Bryce, no what's anchovies. your Yeah, no anchovies. Bryce, what's your favorite topping? I like banana peppers and pepperoni. All right. Yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting combination. Yeah, that is. That's good. Yeah. That, that is. sounds really good. I don't Super like good. the fruit on pizza. Like when people put pineapples and stuff. Oh, see. And that leads into my first story. Don't ask the president of Iceland if he wants pineapple on his pizza. <laughs> Originally, he said if he had his way, he'd ban it. <laughs> entire country banned from putting pineapple on their pizza. It's like putting sugar in grits. It's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You even grow put pineapples butter. in Iceland? Um, no, no. But later, <laughs> the Icelandic leader took to Facebook to revise his stance, saying he's not opposed to all tropical fruit. President <laughs> he says walked it back? He just, did. The oh, my God. <laughs> the president says he likes pineapples, just not on pizza. See? They thought what? They thought was the pineapple lobby upset or something? <laughs> uh, earlier the said, Icelandic pineapple lobby. <laughs> if he could unilaterally, unilaterally pass laws, he'd ban fruit as a pizza topping altogether. Okay, what's the issue here? I think this is... Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter? He's going to be mad when he finds out peppers are a fruit. Oh, good point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tomatoes. And tomatoes. Pretty much And everything. tomatoes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so basically here's Oops. the dough. And bread and cheese. But the uh, Icelandic <laughs> leader adds he doesn't have the power to decide what people put on their pizza. Did you just say bread and cheese? <laughs> yeah. That's a holiday in Russia. <laughs> bread and cheese. Woo, living it up. <laughs> I don't mind pineapple and ham, or is what they call Hawaiian. Right. Yeah. I don't Hawaiian. mind it so much. My daughter loves Hawaiian pizza. So oh, really? I've had to kind of get used to it. I'm kind of like the president of Iceland, though. The first time I heard about it, I thought someone was was punking me. He has pineapple on pizza? Why would you, it's why not would you all. do that? Yeah. A lot of people do bad. it, actually. It was yeah. one of the best pizzas I, I, I'd ever eaten. I had a Hawaiian in Brazil. Go figure that out. Wow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Careful, careful. So. <laughs> oh, I really did. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, now I have to move on to the next segment, I guess. Well, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. I've already, I've already blown the clock out of the wall one time this morning. I'm not going to do that to you again. All right, so uh, I have an interesting topic next. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic oh. in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. 
Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Make sure to send me a firm request on Facebook. Search Michael Yaffe, send me a firm request. I'm always putting stuff out there, and then people bash me for putting stuff out there. Uh, the new the new criticism lately is I'm doing stuff that's not Christian. Uh, I might have to talk about that in a future show. But I just got a text coming in that says, Finally, a stand I, can, I agree with. No pineapple on pizza. So... The president of Iceland is bringing people together, I think, with this no pineapple on pizza. Because we have someone who doesn't usually agree with us, who will put that he agrees with that. Hashtag pizza does not have pineapple on it. That's a long hashtag, but that's what the texter put. All right, so um, it's so ironic to me that we have two sides of this debate on gender. And both sides are really coming from the left. The one side is that you can kind of just go pick your genders. And I guess there is kind of similarities to this. If if there's no difference between your gender, if you're not born a certain way with a certain gender, then I guess you can just choose whichever gender you want to be because it doesn't matter. But that seems to be one of the other sides of this issue is that, yeah, there's really, there's really no difference. Like the difference between men and women in terms of what they like, what they do, how they think, it's really brought on by our culture. It's not natural. And um, I found some audio here. By the way, Target was a store that did this a while ago. They got rid of gender labeling in their, like, kids' toys section because they didn't want, you know, girls who wanted to buy boys' toys to feel bad or something. I I don't know. This whole thing is just crazy. It it really is. But I have audio here from Ashley McGuire. She was on Tucker's show this week. She is the author of the book Sex Scandal, The Drive to Abolish Male and Female. And I wanted to play this audio because she made some really good points on this, how this whole idea of treating both genders the same is actually very detrimental to women. And usually it's women who are the ones who have the to take on the burden of the change. Now, I will say this as well. There seems to be a lot of effort to feminize men as well. That seems to be everywhere. Don't get me started. Yeah, Please, I know. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. This is something that Paul and I talk about all the time. But here is uh, the first cut from Ashley McGuire, author of the book Sex Scandal, The Drive to Abolish Male and Female. This is what she said about the whole issue. Well, I think a lot of people like you are sort of wondering how it is that they woke up and, for example, we're talking about requiring women to register for the draft or seeing toys banned from their classroom for gender equity reasons um, or wondering why it is that we're sending mothers of young children into combat and calling it equality and I think a lot of us can see that if anything um, the ramifications are very unequal especially for women. That's exactly right of course it's unequal because yeah women have to if you're putting a woman in the draft they're not the same. We're not the same. It should be pretty obvious, but it's not. Now, she continues on with this point in, in this next cut here. Play cut two for me, Paul. Well, I think we have this idea that if we treat men and women identically, if we can just get rid of the differences, yes. they view the difference as the source of the inequity, then we will have achieved equality. But what you end up seeing is the burden of of that approach fall on women. I think I talk a lot in my book about college campuses and the sexual assault crisis. And I think that's a result of trying to say, oh, sure, we can put men and women 
um, in the same dorms, on the same floors, in the same bathrooms, and in some cases in the same rooms. Co-ed dorm rooms are now a thing. Yes. And then wonder why it is we have a sexual assault epidemic on college campuses. And see, this is where the craziness, this is also what goes with the transgender thing too, but this is where the craziness comes from when you treat both genders that they're the same. Because naturally, they're not. So when you have like co-ed dorms and people, boys and girls in the same dorms and expect that nothing is going to happen because of that, it totally goes against reality. Because the things that happen in all guys dorm, you don't want to be around that kind of stuff a lot. <laughs> so serious. Yeah. I, luckily, I, I was never a part of a dorm. So um, I'm a little I'm a little scared now. But think about that. Especially if you're a parent of a girl. I mean, Paul, you're a parent of a girl. What would you think about? She's she's getting old. There she wouldn't just, be anything to think about. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Of course not. And, and the, the evidence is so obvious. And what's really interesting to me about this is I'm finding a lot of women, believe it or not, who are pushing back against well, this. Well, it's because they feel like, because, okay, so for instance, the reason I'm not going to allow my daughter to be in a co-ed dorm, let alone a co-ed dorm room, is because I have a value to protect my daughter because exactly. she is a female. And so what's happening is we have women who no longer want to be protected because they feel like if I must be protected, then I must be weak. And so me needing to be protected makes me the weaker individual and they want to prove that they're not weak. They want to prove that they're equal to men and thus so on and so forth. And that's what happens. Just because you're, you know, if you're a woman, you're weaker physically than men. There's other ways where you're stronger. There's a reason why there are differences. A lot of has to do with raising children and you bring other things to the table and you're stronger in other ways than men. Why can't we, you know, we say we're a culture that celebrates differences no, we don't do but that. But then we try to get rid of all the differences. Yeah, and, and and you're absolutely right because the the strength that a woman has that lies in her ability to have instinct, to have nurturing, to have compassion, to have emotion, to have uh, even strength within her strength, we don't want to let that go in right. this all-reaching effort to make everybody the same. It's just wrong. And it's And no matter what we say about it, Men and women are going to think, feel, and look at things like that differently. And that's why we need both. Exactly. That I mean, I look at, especially when you're talking about raising a child, I look at that in from a very distinct perspective because raising my daughter on my own since she was one and a half years old, I recognize the need for a mother in that space because... You know, moms can be smother mothers and overbearing and all that kind of stuff, but it takes the dad to balance that out. And dads can be harsh yep. and brash and abrasive, but it takes the mom to balance that out. But it's not just in raising children. That's our society. We need women to balance out the men, and we need men to balance out the women, and we need both halves of this pie in order to make it work. Couldn't have said it better myself. Balance. Now I want that's, pie. That's <laughs> it's balance. That's something that is definitely needed in our society. I might comment more on this and we have the rush morning update in orlando's news weather and traffic in just two minutes news radio 1025 wfo all right welcome back to the show everyone this is yaffe filling in for bud we were talking about the whole issue of uh, transgenderism the whole issue of treating both genders like they're the same um i don't know why this it's crazy world we live in when this stuff is an issue let's take a call real quick from bertha into land hey bertha how are you 
Hi, Yassi. How you doing? Pretty good. You know, I'm against all this transgender crap with these kids. Kids should not be making that decision. Tell these parents are pushing it because they had a girl when they wanted a boy and vice versa. If the law of the land can tell you when you can drink and all that, they cannot tell you. They should not allow any child to decide that they are something that they're not. They need to spend the money and put them in psychiatric care. I don't see the government uh, spending money for a, change, a sex change. They need to give them a psychiatrist if they're going to spend any money. Bertha? Could not agree with you more. <laughs> Could not agree with you more. I bet a lot of it is parents just want to change their gender because they wanted the other gender or something. I don't know. I can't imagine doing that to like, I mean, there are parents that do it with their six-year-olds. Talk about changing their gender. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, Deborah Ryder is going to come in at the top of the hour to tell us the latest in the news. It is 7.59 and good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, the White House lifts protections for transgender students and a national oral history project is coming to Orlando. We'll have the details in one minute. So it turns out Trump was right about one thing. There are some problems in Sweden. I'll go over that next. Good Thursday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. The White House is rolling back guidelines that allow transgender students to use the bathroom of their choice. The administration rescinded the Obama-era guidelines, saying further legal consideration is needed. It also notes that withdrawing the rules, quote, does not leave students without protections from discrimination, bullying, or harassment, end quote. It adds that all schools have to ensure that all students, including LGBT students, have a safe learning environment. Earlier, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer said President Trump felt the issue would be better handled by the states. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Conservative activist James O'Keefe has announced plans to release recordings this morning that he says were made secretly inside CNN. O'Keefe tells the cable network the media is a huge target of his and that he's been targeting CNN specifically because it is, quote, a very important role as an arbiter of news, end quote. The network has drawn the ire of President Trump, who has repeatedly labeled it fake news. In local news, a national oral history project is coming to Orlando to record the stories of the Pulse nightclub massacre. Producers with StoryCorps will spend five days in the city beautiful at the beginning of March, preserving the stories not only of the massacre victims, but also of Orlando residents who were changed by the tragedy. 49 people were killed and dozens more injured during the June 12th massacre, the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. A sun about 40 light years from our own is host to a solar system of seven Earth-sized planets with three of them in what's called the Goldilocks zone because it's habitable. Those findings were announced by NASA's scientists yesterday. Thomas Zerbuchen, head of NASA's science mission directorate, says the discovery is impressive for what it represents and for what it hints at. The discovery gives us a hint that finding a second Earth is not just a matter of if, but when. The planets orbit tightly. The star TRAPPIST-1, named after the Chilean observatory that first discovered planets around that star, and they say the planets are so close together that a person standing on one planet could look up and see their neighboring worlds, sometime appearing as large as our own moon. Wow. And yet it's That's another cool. planet. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. I want to see what kind of life's on them. I know. There is. Yeah, exactly. And and they say, you know, there's water on several, if not all of them. I wonder how far away this star is. 
from uh, us? 40 light years. 40 light years? All right. Yeah. So we just got to figure out how to travel the speed of light. Well, we've already and... solved the NASA poop challenge, so we're halfway <laughs> there. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In the meantime, SpaceX has made good on a 250-mile-high delivery to the International Space Station. Astronauts captured SpaceX's Dragon cargo ship today, a day after a GPS problem. The navigation error was quickly fixed, and everything went smoothly the second time around. It is so cool to watch the landings of the SpaceX rockets. It's, they've, they've gotten, I mean, they've come a long way in just a couple of years. You they know? really have. They really have. And I think what's uh, what's so interesting is every time I see a landing of that first stage rocket booster, I keep right. thinking they're just rewinding the film. <laughs> it, uh, it does kind of look like it that. It does. And then you realize, holy cow, that just yeah. went up into space, dropped off its cargo, turned around and came back home. Yeah. It it's really, really cool. is cool. And finally, uh, someone is waking up feeling really cool. They're a winner this morning after last night's big Powerball drawing. One lucky ticket sold in Lafayette, Indiana. Matched all five numbers and the Powerball, the first time that's happened since mid-December. The $435 million jackpot is the 10th largest in Powerball history, and a lump sum payment is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter billion dollars. I have a feeling they're going to find a lot of new family they never knew they had before. <laughs> right. Don't I mean, when you win something like that, don't they usually even have, like, money advisors there and counselors there to help you, like, figure out what to do with the money? I don't know, Mike Yaffe, but I am hoping someday to be able to tell you from an intimate firsthand experience (laughs) (laughs) what winning a lottery exactly consists of. I've won the lottery before. What was it, like five bucks? Yeah. I won a free (laughs) ticket. Did you really? Yeah. Wow, you're so lucky. Thanks. (laughs) Growing up, my neighbor, he won the lottery twice for like $40,000 both times. Really? He bought a pool. I'll take that. Never used it. Seriously? <laughs> well, when you got 40 extra Gs, you can do with it whatever you want. Ex- extra thousands. They make those? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> WFLA News Time. I wouldn't spend the buck. 808. Watch as gravity foils a magician's trick. Online now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. Weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 102.5. All right, and this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back next week. He is just on vacation. But we're having a lot of fun here this morning. And, you know, Trump started a lot of controversy earlier this week when he made a Sweden comment. But I have an article here from Rich Lowry who actually says, this is what the headline says, actually Sweden is having big trouble with Mideast refugees. So we'll talk about what he says, and of course we'll have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Make sure to send me a phone request on Facebook, or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. So, uh, Donald Trump had some controversy earlier this week, and we've talked about it before, um, about Sweden that caused a whole media firestorm. And, um, well, let's get the idea. This actually happened when he was in Florida, in Melbourne, during his rally. And he said something, and he definitely misspoke when he said this. This is exactly his words on that issue. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. 
They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. Okay, so Trump, and it was pretty obvious about this too, Trump had later said that he was referring to a report he saw on Fox News that was talking about immigrant problems in Sweden. There's a guy, uh, Amy Horowitz, is doing who's doing um, a documentary on that whole issue. But the problem was Trump decided, you know, he said last night. So when you say last night and then you talk about those other countries and their problems, people are thinking, well, what happened last night in the country? Was there a terrorist attack last night in the country? And that's, no, there wasn't. And that's what created all of the confusion. And even Tucker Carlson, who did the original report Trump was talking about, even admitted that the president of the United States should be clear in what he's talking about. There should not be any misunderstanding of what he's talking about, but we're dealing with Donald Trump, who speaks and who shoots from the hip all the time. So when he said last night, he was probably saying last night on I saw on this station, but the way he said it, because it's Donald Trump and he doesn't always think before he speaks, it created a lot of confusion. But I wanted to go over the whole idea of are there issues in Sweden? We've talked about on the show before that it is the rape capital of Europe. Now, there's a lot of different people blaming a lot of different things, saying, well, the stats have changed and that's why. But I found an interesting article here from Rich Lowry on the New York Post. I think he also writes for a bunch of other publications as well. He talked about how there really are problems in Sweden. And I just got a text in that says, yes, Trump is right. Watch the video by Amy Horowitz on YouTube, the Stockholm Syndrome. And that, and I've seen parts of that documentary by Amy Horowitz on Sweden, and it's pretty convincing. It's pretty convincing. There is definitely something going on there. But he's got to fix that problem because he's not right. Because nothing happened last night in Sweden. You know, he's right. got to fix that problem because it's only going to create more. I'm, we can use the word confusion, but to me, it's only going to create more divide because people who are against him are going to keep saying, see, he keeps lying over and over well, and over and that's And that's what I was talking about before. He really needs to think before he speaks and make sure he's clear in what he is saying. Um, and I definitely agree with that. But Rich Lowry puts on uh, the New York Post here, he goes, as if on cue, riots broke out in a heavily immigrant suburb of Stockholm as soon as the media mocked President Trump for a vague warning about immigration-related problems in Sweden. Um, he talks about by welcoming a historic number of asylum seekers proportionate to its population, Sweden has indeed embarked on a vast social experiment that wasn't well thought out and isn't going very well. The unrest in the Stockholm suburb of Rinkby after police made an arrest the other night underscored the problems inherent in Sweden's immigration surge. So there was a riot. They had unrest in Stockholm in Sweden right after Trump made those comments. Sweden's uh, admirable humanitarianism is outstripping its capacity to absorb newcomers. Nothing if not an earnest and well-meaning society, Sweden has always accepted more than its share of refugees. But now they're, they're having a lot of problems. And as other people have pointed out as well, it's having political effects there. People are wanting to vote in even some extreme right-wingers that could have never been voted in in Sweden in the past because people are starting to see that there is some kind of problem here. And this can happen when you bring in refugees, mostly male, mostly from a completely different culture that treats women differently, for instance, that there is going to be some problems. 
And he also points out here in the article that on top of this, high minimum wages and stringent labor protections make it harder for marginal workers to find employment, while social assistance discourages the unemployed from getting work. So not only do you have the social problems, but you have the economic problems where a lot of these refugees, they come there and then they can't find employment. So they just get on of on course social assistance programs. So while Trump needs to make sure he speaks clearly, and unfortunately, Trump will never admit now he was wrong. He'll always deflect. He needs to say, I was wrong. I was misspoken this way. This is what I meant. But... I think there is a point to be made that there are problems in Sweden. All right, we're coming up to uh, our house call with Dr. K, who's going to give us the latest medical news. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own Dr. Kronhaus. All right, Dr. K, how are you this morning? Great to be with you, Michael. All right, and um, starting off on uh, the latest medical news, Dr. Ken Kronhaus here going to update us on the latest medical news. Um, Genital herpes in pregnancy may rise autism risk for offspring. Tell us a little bit about that. Genital herpes is a common sexually transmitted infection, Michael, primarily caused by the herpes simplex virus type 2 and type 1 virus is the one that gives you all those lip sores that you hate. Well, around 417 million people worldwide have genital herpes caused by herpes simplex virus type 2. And the news this week is that children born to mothers, Michael, who have active genital herpes during pregnancy may be at twice the risk of developing autism spectrum disorder. And this may be one of the reasons why we see so much autism these days. All right. And we all know that exercise is good for your health generally, but uh, it turns out that exercise might be good for reducing breast cancer. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we are getting better at early diagnosis and treatment of breast cancer, Michael, but unfortunately, too many well-treated women have recurrences. And new research published this week in the Canadian Medical Association Journal recommends physical activity and weight management as key lifestyle choices that can significantly reduce the risk of breast cancer recurrence. All right. And um, heavy drinking, we all know that heavy drinking, drinking too much can have negative health effects. Most people think about the liver, but you have a story here how it may also affect the cardiovascular system. Tell us about that, Dr. K. Michael, some studies have shown that drinking alcohol in moderation may have beneficial effect on cardiovascular health. However, new research published this week in the Journal of the American Medical Association suggests heavy drinking may age the arteries prematurely by causing the arteries to stiffen and thus interfere with the blood flow. All right. And um, uh, dementia was in the news this week because former teen heartthrob David Cassidy has dementia, but um, if you're there's a new study out that says if you're unhealthy in middle age, you might have more of a chance of getting dementia while you're older. Yes, International Stroke Conference this week. Middle-aged men and women at risk for heart disease, Michael, may also face a higher chance of dementia later in life. Risk factors such as smoking, high blood pressure, and diabetes might boost the odds of dementia almost as much as carrying the gene that raises the risk of Alzheimer's disease. All right, and speaking of the David Cassidy thing, I was actually kind of surprised he had it because he's only 66 
I mean, is that a usual, a common age for dementia, or is that a little early? It is a little early, but both his grandfather and his mother, actress Evelyn Ward, struggled with dementia in their final years, and David could not remember the lyrics to the songs during a performance in California last weekend and plans to stop touring. Wow. Wow, That's very interesting. I I was really surprised by that story. Now, we were just talking about heavy drinking a second ago, but there might also be negative health effects for some who are heavy pot smokers. A growing number of heavy marijuana users around the world, Michael, are getting a rare illness that causes vomiting and abdominal pain. Cases of cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, also known as cyclical vomiting syndrome, are on the rise in states that have legal marijuana. Heavy users of marijuana have bouts of vomiting and abdominal pain that repeat every few weeks or months and last for years. Quitting makes the symptoms go away, and for some reason... Patients find relief from the symptoms with a hot shower or bath. Yeah, I I actually uh, watched a news report on that, and that's how they usually can diagnose it because they'll ask them, do you find relief in a hot shower? And if they say yes, they usually know that's because you're you're heavy pot smoking. It just affects some people that way. Exactly. All right, Dr. Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll, of course, talk to you again next week. Be well, Michael. All right, we have Deborah Roberts who's going to come into the studio and we'll talk about the latest news and some other things that are going on in the world as well. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Well, the best way to get updated on the news and what's going on in the world is to join us when Deborah Roberts comes in the studio because she will tell us what's going on in the news like only she can. Hmm. So many jokes you just wrote right there. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't take a compliment, can you? <laughs> no. The short answer to that is no. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the latest, then? Well, protesters are blasting a Trump administration decision to rescind a rule allowing transgender students to use the restroom of their choice. Demonstrators gathered outside of the White House shortly after yesterday's announcement. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says the president believes this is a matter best left up to the states. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Have you ever uh, driven away from a gas station without forgetting to, you know, disengage the pump? No, I haven't done that. Uh, I mean, I've left the gas cap open, you know, before, but I have, too. You know, we've talked a lot about people who drive away from gas stations without forgetting to put the nozzle out. Wow. Including someone with a Central Florida Police Department (laughs) who is facing a world of ridicule right now. The Volusia County Sheriff's Office tweeted out a picture yesterday of an over-anxious deputy driving with a severed gas pump still hanging from their patrol car. Oh, it just severed off. Oh, it just pulled it right off. Wow. The Post remarked, when you're just in a hurry to get back on the job. (laughs) He might have been going somewhere important. Lights weren't on. Yeah. Siren wasn't on. Probably just got off work and wanted to go home. (laughs) Exactly. Let the embarrassment ensue. Luckily for the officer, the department didn't announce uh, or identify the eager beaver, but it's safe to say their red faces will probably give them away in any police lineup or when they have roll call. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's hearing it from his oh, fellow officers. Without a doubt. <laughs> An old Jeep Wagoneer is about to be freed after 40 years. Was it in prison or something? No. Sand. Really? The Jeep has been buried in a Massachusetts sand dune 
for 40 years. Wow. But all that changes Friday when crews begin to dig out the Jeep that became entombed in a windblown and sand-filled garage at Ballston Beach. Some residents say they remember the old white Wagoneer, recalling it parked in the garage. So I wonder how well it preserved in there. I don't know. It's interesting. The town manager says it was time to ask the family to unearth the old Jeep out of environmental concerns. It's not clear what the owners plan to do with it. Give it a quart of oil. See if the engine turns over. Drive it? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe? Why not? See what happens. All right. If you're going to be on social media today, you're going to see a lot of red X's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Have you noticed it yet? No, not yet. I haven't seen anything. All right. Well, today as politicians, celebrities, and others support the Shine a Light on Slavery Day, the X's are part of a campaign by a coalition of 16 nonprofit groups that's working to raise awareness of the problem around the world. The End It movement has adopted the Red X as a sign of support for efforts to stop modern-day slavery and human trafficking. Last week, the U.S. Senate's uh, Foreign Relations Committee held an End Modern Slavery hearing. Actor Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I watched his speech. Yeah, it was, it was compelling. Yeah, he was very passionate. And uh, he was among those who testified to the horrors of human trafficking and slavery that still exists in many countries and is quite a big problem here in Florida and including Central yeah. Florida because we're so transient. Especially Central Florida, yeah. Especially big Central time. Florida, yeah. In fact, they're now training flight attendants on how to spot the signs of human trafficking. Wow. Yeah. It's just sad that that still exists, you know, in 2017. You- and what's what's it's interesting, gotten worse. It's gotten yeah. worse. Well, yeah. I mean, look at like outside the Super Bowl, you know, that's that's Oh, especially whenever there's a large event, even the Republican National Convention when it was in Tampa, it was a huge problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of and whenever there's a huge gathering of people, it means it's a huge gathering of money and they take advantage of it. So if you want to take part in the movement, you can go to the website for the End It Awareness campaign. There you're going to find downloadable resources including red X's or some are simply taking red lipstick, making an X on their hand, and posting a photo of it to show their support. Look for the hashtags End Slavery Act and End It Movement. Yeah, I need to look more into the law of the End Slavery Act to see exactly what it, it does to actually end slavery. You know, I would think there would already be laws in the book to end it. But exactly. I think it just steps up um, funding. To to find more of it and enforce it, I believe. And I believe also increases penalties for those who commit the crimes. The unfortunate right. part is getting the victims of their crimes to be willing to testify in court, which so many of them are unwilling or unable to do. Now, wh- why are they unwilling? Is it just embarrassment? Uh, no, I mean, uh, for a lot of these, more often than not, women, uh, you know, they were abused and beaten and threatened. And that's, yeah. you know, and controlled. So, right. You know, these traffickers know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and that that leads to a warning for parents to be really aware of who your your teenagers, boys and girls are talking to online, because so many of these victims, it started off with a friend request. Then wow. they asked to meet in person. And the next thing you know, your teenager is missing. And what's happening to them is beyond your worst nightmare. Wow. Well, I'm glad. I'm definitely glad that we're bringing awareness to that. Absolutely. So, so thank you, Deb. You're welcome, Mike. All right, and now we have Tom Morgan coming up in the next segment who's going to tell us what's going on in the world of sports. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFO. 
And now I have the privilege of having Tom Morgan, our sports director, coming in to talk to us about the latest in the news in the world of sports, and especially with what's going on in Florida sports. And it's actually going to be a pretty big weekend in Central Florida for sports, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, it is. Uh, the Magic uh... get back to action tonight, and then Daytona is going to be crazy. We have two races tonight which will determine the field for Sunday's Daytona 500, the biggest race of the year. So, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of people here in Central Florida, you know, here for the next couple of days. And uh, the basketball, college basketball with the Florida teams, FSU's ranked, Florida's ranked, UCF's having a, having a big year. And how about last night? They beat Temple 71-69. They've won nine games in the AAC. Wow. And they have one of the best teams in the country coming in Sunday. If you have not seen a UCF game, go out there Sunday afternoon to see 16th-ranked Cincinnati, you know, one of the top teams in the country. That would be a big win for UCF if they could win that game. I don't think it would get them in the tournament, Mike, because I I don't think the AAC is going to get a lot of respect for the tournament. But, boy, that would be a huge win, you know. And if they win their tournament, you know, obviously they're in. So that would really be a big confidence boost for them. Interesting. It's good to see that they're do, they're doing a lot better this year. Yeah, and Florida, of course, is on a nine-game winning streak, but they play at Kentucky Saturday. We'll have that game for you Saturday afternoon. And both teams are tied for the SEC lead, so this will determine uh, know, who's, who's, who's going to move ahead in the race and pretty much wrap it up because there's only a few games left in the season. But the Gators playing great, even though they lost their starting center, uh, who's out for the year with an injury. Now, and and you told me earlier that uh, Kentucky is ranked 11th. What is Florida ranked? Florida's ranked 13th this week. 13th, okay. So the Magic, they've had quite a season. (laughs) Uh, The All-Star break is over, so the Magic go back to uh, playing some basketball. Um, They are 21-37. and Yeah, but that was the first half, right? Uh, Oh, it's just going to get better now. Just put it in the can. Okay. This is a different... This is the second half of the season, right? Uh-huh. Everybody's 0-0. Zero, zero. They've got some making up to do, though. They're still, they still can get into the playoffs. But That's need, what kind of amazes me. Mike, they need to get on a run. This team right. just hasn't won you know, two or three games in a row all yeah. season. They need to get on a, a run. It'd be a good start if they could beat Portland tonight, uh, their uh, first game since the All-Star break. They've uh, got the new guard, Terrence Mann, who will make, or Terrence uh, Ross, who will make his... Uh, and um, I mean, do you know anything about him? I've never, I've not heard of him before. So. He was a role player for Toronto. Of course, they've got two great guards mm-hmm. uh, on their team already, so he didn't get a lot of playing time. They think a lot of him. They think he could really bring a, a, a bring a defensive presence. He's a three point shooting threat, you know. And the Magic really need some help on the outside in shooting to get their offense going. Man, I never thought I'd hear those words. You used to be the opposite. It used to be that's all the Magic had was outside shooting. <laughs> well, you know, they went away from it. They got Ibaka, yeah. uh, Biombo to be the shot blockers. Uh-huh. But it just didn't work with, you know, with uh, with Vooch playing with another center. It just wasn't working. They were getting killed on defense with all these three-point shooting teams. So they're just joining the act now. All these right. teams that are going small, playing seems with three-point shooters. Seems to be the thing. And so let's see if this is going to make a difference for the Magic by having a guy like him um, on the team. All right, and then we have the twin qualifying races for Daytona. We're talking about the Daytona 500 is this weekend. The qualifying races are tonight. Um, Any idea who's expected to really show up at Daytona? You just never know. You never know. I mean, Denny Hamlin's the defending champion. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. always runs well at Daytona. Mm-hmm. He will be on the uh, front row for the race. He's already qualified to start on the front row with Chase Elliott. So, you know, tonight they're just racing. They don't have to worry about being on the front right. row. But the other guys, they're all jockeying for, you know, position to get on that second row. The winners of the two races tonight will be on the second row for Sunday's race. Gotcha. And that's always a big deal here in Central oh, Florida. Absolutely. And if you've <laughs> never gone to a race out there, I mean, you're missing out on one you of know, the I greatest never, events. It's one of the greatest events in sports. I never And I know have. people will say, I, somebody wanted me to go to a race out there at Daytona. And I fought him, and I fought him, and I said, all right, I'll finally go with you. It was, a, it was the Pepsi 400. Right. And, man, after they went around the first time, I was just, wow. Really? So is, it's really quite an experience to be there in person. Mike, over. You've, never seen, you've never seen anything like it before. I mean, wow. you know, go see for yourself. But I really, need to sometime. If you get a chance to go to a race at Daytona, take the opportunity. It's, it's quite yeah. an event. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely need to sometime. And then spring training baseball games gets underway this weekend. Yeah, how about that? Huh? I know. We've got the spring training baseball. we got the Braves out at Lake Buena Vista. Uh, they'll be starting this weekend. The Rays down at Port Charlotte. The Marlins over in Jupiter. So, yep, we're, we're into baseball season now. Spring training for a month, you know, before they play for real in April. And before you know it, we'll be back into football season. Yeah, and in golf, we've got the Honda Classic down at Palm Beach Gardens. So the state of Florida. As far as sports this weekend, just, is just owning sports it's this the weekend. place to be. You know. <laughs> nice. All right, Tom Morgan, our sports director, updating us on the latest in sports. Thank you so much. All right, Mike. So there is a bill by a Iowa senator who wants to ask teachers, professors who want to teach at a school, what their political affiliation is before they get hired. Do you support that? 407-916-5400. We have that. In Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back uh, next week. He's just on vacation. Mark Logus, Professor Mark Logus, will be filling in tomorrow. And he's always got a lot of good information for us. He is more knowledgeable, especially on, lo- on local news, than anyone that I've ever that I've ever seen. So uh, check that out. Make sure to check out my uh, my podcast, Beyond Reason Radio. Just go to 1025WFLE.com, click on the Good Morning Orlando tab, and click on the Beyond Reason blog. You can find writings of mine plus the podcast there as well, so you can check it out. I always post it on Facebook, too, so you can like us on Facebook at WFLA Orlando. So I found this from the Des Moines Register, and I found it pretty interesting. And at first, I think a lot of conservatives would support this, But I started thinking about it, and I'm not so sure. There's a bill in the Iowa Senate that seeks to achieve greater political diversity among professors at the state's Board of Regents universities. Uh, The Senate bill would institute a hiring freeze until the number of registered Republicans and Democrats on the university faculty fall within 10% of each other. So basically, they would start asking people as they were applying if... um, they're Republican or Democrat. Um, and I understand that a lot of colleges and universities lean to the left, and that can be a problem. Um, th- this is what the author of the bill said. He's uh, State Senator Mark Chelgren of, uh, of Iowa. I'm under the understanding that right now they can hire people because of diversity. They want to have people of different thinking, different processes, different expertise, so this would fall right into the category with what existing hiring practices are, he says. 
Here's the biggest problem I have with this. For one, could you imagine this outside of universities? That if we just started asking people's political affiliation when they are started applying for a job, I think for one that could just creates more division for us. But the other thing, the other problem I have with this is what if you're not one of the political parties? What if you're not? Sorry about that. My tablet's just like making sounds here. What if you're not part of one of the political parties? What if you're an independent? What if you're a libertarian? What if you're a part of the Green Party or something? You know, there's a lot of people that are independents now. So do they not get as equal of a chance as a Republican or a Democrat under this new rule? Because, well, we need to hire more Republicans since there's this many Democrats and we got to check everybody's political identity. I just don't think it's the role of um, the colleges to be doing this. You know, there used to be a time when we would hire people, you know, based on their qualifications. And I can understand maybe if you're teaching political classes, maybe you want more balance. But what about like other places like math and science and sociology or religion? I mean, does that spread to those areas of the college as well? I just, I just get a little nervous when to fix political diversity, we want the heavy hand of government because this is government coming in again, telling these universities how to hire. And I understand they're public universities and they have the right to do that, but it's just one more burden on these colleges when they should just be looking at the individual. Why don't we look at the individual? We look at the individual professor. We look at the individual teacher. We see if they're qualified as an individual. We'll see if they're fair, if they're smart, if they're balanced, even as an individual. And there's a lot of individuals, like I said before, that are libertarian. A lot more than that, that party is growing. A lot that are independent. There's a lot that are moderate. Maybe they kind of say, oh, yeah, I'm registered a Democrat, but I um, voted for Trump. And I lean with a lot of his ideas. So I just worry that we react too much to things. And then we say, oh, yes, we need political diversity. Let's let's have a law. Stand back a little bit. There are a little bit better ways to handle this, I think. All right, I thank you all for joining me today. This has been Yaffe, the producer. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at BeyondReasonRR. Send me a friend request on Facebook. Don't worry. Bud will be back next week. And I also want to thank Paul for producing and Bryce for screening our phone calls. And, of course, Deborah Roberts giving us the latest news. And, of course, I will end the show just like Bud, Bud does and say God bless you. And God bless America.